0: Now our scripture reading today is continuing our series, in fact it's the last in our series in Galatians, Galatians chapter 6 and verses 11 through to 18. So if you do have your Bible there, let's uh, read this passage together. Galatians 6 and verse 11. Let's hear the word of the Lord. This is what Paul says. See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law. Yet, they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. May I never boast For I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. Let's just pray together before we look at God's word. Heavenly Father we thank you for your precious word which can pierce us to the quick which brings us comfort and strength and challenge and we ask that as we look at your word today from Galatians as we have been over these last number of weeks and months we ask that you might bring home to our heart all that you are all that you would have us do and that we might bring glory to your name So, Father, meet with us this morning through your Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you do have your Bible there, please do turn back to Galatians chapter 6 as we look at this passage this morning. Now, this morning we're finishing this series in the book of Galatians that we've been thinking about over the last uh, few months as we come uh, to the end of chapter 6. Now, sometimes when we come to the end of a biblical letter, just like a normal letter, we might lose a bit of interest. Does that happen? Sometimes when you you receive a letter through the post, and I know that's quite a rare thing uh, these days, but it's lovely, isn't it, to receive a letter and you read all the news through the letter and then there's the boring bit at the end. You know, the yours sincerely with a name on it. Or whatever it might be. It's not terribly, terribly exciting. And sometimes even in the biblical letters we might struggle. We know, you know, there's all this meat and, you know, really good stuff in the middle of these letters. And then when it drifts towards the end, you know, usually what we find is the equivalent of a yours sincerely. A load of greetings and a blessing. That's usually what you get. And you think, well, you know, what are we going to learn from that? Now here in Galatians, we still have the blessing right at the end, but there's also something important as to how Paul uses the very end of this letter to sum up the points that he's been making throughout this letter. And in many ways, the end of Galatians is slightly different from the other biblical letters. Because what we see in verses 11 to 18 of chapter 6 is Paul summing up All he has been saying throughout this epistle and showing what truly counts, which is being a new creation. That's really what Paul has been saying. All this other stuff, law, circumcision, these infiltrators that have come in trying to say, you know, your faith is inadequate because you need to add to your faith. Paul's saying that's rubbish. What counts is being a new creation. Now, as we come to the conclusion of this letter, it's clear that Paul writes these last few verses with his own hand. He writes them himself. You see, very often in the letters, Paul would use a scribe. He would use a secretary. And he would probably dictate the the letter for the scribe to write down. And that's because uh, a scribe would have nice, neat writing and wouldn't waste manuscripts. And so, for example, if you want to have fun with someone, you can ask them, for example, who wrote the letter to the Romans? And if they answer Paul, because of course it is Paul, you can say, no, it wasn't Paul that wrote Romans, it was Tertius. You're like, who's Tertius? Well, at the very end of Romans, the letter to the Romans, Paul makes it clear that Tertius is the scribe for his letter. So a scribe is usually used for these biblical letters. But here in Galatians, we don't know who Paul's scribe is, but right at the end of the letter, Paul clearly takes over the writing of the letter. And he says in verse 11, See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. So Paul has taken over the writing of this letter from the scribe to conclude the letter. Now the question is, why? Why? Why did Paul do this, and why does Paul have such large handwriting? you ever thought about that? Because that's what he says here. You've got large, look at large letters I finished this, this letter off with. Well, there are many theories as to why he has large handwriting, such as Paul having poor eyesight, and therefore he needs to write large. I'm not sure we can really glean that from the passage. But there are two compelling reasons why Paul has taken over the writing of this letter right at the end. Firstly, it affirmed the authenticity of this letter. Remember, there were all different kinds of people that were coming in telling these Galatian Christians all different kinds of things. They were saying, believe this, believe that. And Paul is coming in and saying, look, remember what I first taught you. And right at the end, it's as though he's using his own handwriting. Perhaps they knew his own handwriting. It was like a signature or a seal of authenticity as he finished the letter. Secondly, it may be that Paul writes in large handwriting in the same way that we would use a bold font today if we wanted to to emphasize something. Sometimes if you you write a post-it note to someone And, you know, you write instructions, but you underline the bits that are really important, don't you? Yeah? Sometimes if Anna happens to be away and, you know, I'm left of making the dinner or whatever, you know, it's underlined, it's in the freezer. It's in the freezer. We emphasize things, don't we? Put them in bold. And indeed, in some translations of the Bible, like the New Living Translation, the translators are actually written this verse in capital letters. Now, if this is right, then this means that what Paul writes here at the end of this letter is really important. So much so that he's effectively putting it in bold. This is my own writing. This is what I want to conclude with. This is what I want you to grasp. So what is Paul trying to say? Well, we see Paul's summary, don't we? in verses 12 to 16. Now, in the first couple of verses, 12 and 13, we see what the challenge is. And in the latter three verses, we see what Paul's response is. So in verses 12 to 13, we see Paul again writing about those who are trying to compel the Galatians to add to their faith by also being circumcised. And Paul says that the reason they are doing this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. They're taking away from the cross of Christ, and instead they're they're focusing on the law. They're focusing upon circumcision. Now, what Paul is saying here, is that those the motivation of those who are compelling the Galatians to be circumcised is all wrong. They want to boast about it. They want to hold the Galatians up as as trophies, so to speak. And they want to avoid persecution from the Jews. It's all wrong. And what I want you to notice is that Paul is never about impressing people. He's never about impressing people. He's never about avoiding hardship or persecution. What is Paul for? Paul stands for truth. And the truth for Paul is found in verses 14 to 16. Because the truth is the cross. And the cross which leads to the new creation. And Paul makes it clear. He's not going to boast about anything. Nothing. But he's going to boast about the cross. Because it's on the cross that forgiveness and hope has been given as we've seen elsewhere in Galatians it's not the law that brings life it's grace and what counts as Paul has consistently said throughout this letter is new creation now there are a couple of things that I just want to briefly reflect on here the first thing is this what is your boast in? what's your boast in? In the context of our letter, some were boasting in their law keeping. Look how good I am at keeping the law. They were boasting in their, their circumcision. Oh, look, you know, I'm circumcised. That means I am, you know, one of the chosen. Circumcision which marked them out as different. But what's Paul's boast? His boast is Christ. And Christ crucified. In our own lives, there are lots of things that we can boast in. Perhaps we boast about our success, our academic achievement, our job, our wealth. And yes, we won't be as as brazen as to, you know, say, you know, look how good I am. We do it in much more subtle ways than that, don't we? In terms of our salvation, perhaps we boast in our good deeds and our good life. And yes, again, We won't say that directly, but that's what we're pointing towards. Look how good I am. But what we need to see throughout this letter is that Paul says, these things are as dirty rags to God. That's quite shocking, isn't it? Dirty rags to God. Why? Because what truly matters is what Jesus did on the cross. Because that is what truly gives life and hope. As Paul has consistently said throughout this letter and how liberating that is for us to recognize what Jesus has done. Jesus has paid it all. What is it that it says in the hymn when I survey? Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast save in the death of Christ my God all the vain things that charm me most. I sacrifice them to his blood. You see, there are so many temptations, aren't there, to boast in other things. But humbly, as we realize all the Lord has done for us in Jesus, we're called to boast only in Him and all that He has done. And I want to say to you this morning are you in that place? Are you boasting about Jesus? Because as well as subtly sometimes boasting about ourselves and about our achievements, we're far too quiet about Jesus. We're far too quiet about the cross. As if the cross really doesn't matter. What does Paul say? Men never boast in anything else but the cross. Why? Because that's all that matters. Is that all that matters in your life? Is it all that matters in my life? So often we fail in that direction. We're not on on fire for the Lord. That we should be. So many temptations to boast in other things. But humbly. As we realize all the Lord has done for us in Jesus. We're called to boast In him. Now that can be hard. We can be tempted in so many different ways and distracted from what is important. Life is busy these days. Those who are older than me tell me how busy life now is compared to what it used to be. Now I'm getting a bit older. When I speak to those younger than me, I'm like, Oh, it used to be less busy than it is now. We can be tempted, so many distractions. Distracted from what is important, which is Jesus and him crucified. Now, the second thing I want to reflect on here is about the new creation. You see, often we can be quite individualistic when it comes to faith. And, of course, there is a place for that. We kind of saw that last Sunday with each of us being accountable to God for our salvation. Each of us has to believe and trust in Jesus. We can't, you know, trust in anyone else to do that for us. Each of us is responsible for our own actions before the Lord. But the fact is that also in the church we are called to be a new creation together. There is a corporate side to this. You see, what Paul is is doing and has done throughout this letter is, is contrasting two systems the circumcision system of Moses and the uncircumcision system of the Gentiles. And what Paul is saying is that it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile. What matters now is that you're part of God's people, God's new creation, God's new humanity. And Paul says in verse 16 that those who follow this rule truly are the Israel of God. Now, for those who are reading this letter who are Jews, that's quite something to say. But the fact is that those making up Israel have never simply been those who are part of the nation of Israel. Jesus himself said that his father could make children of Abraham even from the stones. Remember that in the Gospels? Those who are a new creation, who believe and trust in Jesus for their salvation, they are the true Israel of God. That's what Paul is saying here. Now, Paul finishes this letter today with two things. Firstly, he makes it clear that he bears on his body the marks of Jesus. What does that mean? Well, Paul has been persecuted. We know that throughout the book of Acts, how he's been persecuted, which again is is a sign of the authenticity of his message. Those Judaizers who have been coming in and saying, you know, it's all about circumcision and whatever else, they haven't been persecuted. But Paul has. Why? Why? because he's been proclaiming a message of grace about Jesus he himself bears those marks on his body he follows in the footsteps of Christ who was persecuted and put to death And just as an aside there we must recognize when we believe and trust in Jesus that's not necessarily an easy message for the world to hear we will be persecuted for it. maybe in small ways, might be in larger ways. But we're called to stand firm to the truth as Paul did. Now secondly, there is a benediction and there is a blessing. Now, usually this might be something that we kind of skip over at the end of a, a biblical letter. You know, it's just a benediction, it's just a blessing at the end. But here in Galatians, There seems to be added significance and poignancy, doesn't there? Because what does Paul speak of in this benediction, this blessing? He speaks of grace. And that sums up this letter that a true Christian is one who is saved by grace. And grace alone, grasped by faith, is through the cross through Jesus crucified there, that we find salvation. It's through believing in Christ that we receive the Holy Spirit and are changed. We're a new creation. Now my hope and prayer is that over these past number of weeks that we have found Paul's message powerful and ultimately liberating. Because, as we've understood from this letter, salvation isn't about us. It's about grace found in Jesus. A certain theologian once said this, whereas Christ turned water into wine, the church has succeeded in doing something more difficult. It's turned wine into water. I'm sure we understand what that quotation is about. Sometimes we dilute the message of grace, the message of Jesus. But Paul's message is all about turning the water of the flesh into the wine of the Spirit. Another commentator says, Galatians challenges each of us to let that water be turned into wine by letting the Spirit have control of our lives, whoever we are, wherever we come from, Jew, Gentile, male, female, slave or free. Now I don't know about you, but as we come to the end of this series, is that not what we as a church need to hear at this time? Is it not what the wider church in Scotland needs to hear at this time? We need to understand salvation is all of grace and we are called to live by the Holy Spirit now at the end of these weeks thinking about these things we need to live in them and so I simply say to you today as we come to the end of this letter what is your response to all this do we simply go home after church and have our Sunday lunch and forget all about it If you're already at home, do you just, you know, boil the kettle and have another coffee and and forget all about it? Or do we let the message of this letter permeate our hearts? As the great truths come into our lives. As we understand it's all about grace. It's all about what Jesus has done on the cross. And therefore, how liberating that is. You see, so often in our lives and even within the church... We are burdened down. And often we're burdened down because we think we ought to be living in a certain way. We've got to put on a face of respectability and the church is terrible for that. Whereas what does Paul say? Paul says it's all of grace. And he says to the Galatians, look at the cross. Boast in that. Because Jesus has died on the cross for your salvation. It's completely paid for. And therefore, when you believe and trust in Jesus for your salvation, a burden is taken off, a weight is taken away, and you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you realize that as a Christian? I don't think we speak enough about the Holy Spirit within the church. I think sometimes we just focus upon Jesus and we think, you know, the Father's there, Jesus on the cross, that's it. Don't realize about the Holy Spirit, the one who dwells within, who changes us. It's through the Holy Spirit we experience the closeness of God, that we know that God is true, that we know this message is true, and we are changed. You see, if we take the message of Galatians seriously, not just as individuals, but corporately, will we not have a church that's on fire for God? And is that not what we long for? That the Spirit would move through His people? That we would be so taken up with Jesus and eternal things that everything else dims away in comparison to Him? And when that happens within the church, what's that going to do to our community? It's going to change it completely, isn't it? Because people begin to look at the church and they say, I don't know what's going on there. Those people are different. They've been changed. There's something spiritual going on that I cannot understand. And I want something of that too. So I encourage you today, if you realize you've slipped away in terms of salvation, you've been trying to earn your way with God, or you realize you've just become lukewarm when it comes to spiritual things, come back. Understand what Jesus has done for you. Be filled again with the Holy Spirit and know the joy of your salvation. Because that's the wonder of Paul's message. What's he been saying throughout this? Keep the law, be circumcised, you're burdened down. It's awful. You don't want to do that. Why would you do that? But when you're a new creation, what does it bring? It brings life. And it brings hope. And it brings joy. I don't know about you. So often I get bogged down and become like the first, miserable. Then I do about the second, But it's about time we took heed of this message. That we trusted in God for our salvation. And we were filled with the Holy Spirit.